Some top of the hour breaking news. We got another casualty of Black Monday in the NFL as the Washington Commanders fire Ron Rivera. Interesting enough, they have hired a couple of former GMs that are going to try to like get them back on track. Former Vikings GM Rick Spielman and former Golden State Warriors GM Bob Myers. The Golden State Warriors play basketball. <laughs> the Washington Commanders play football. <laughs> it's an outside-the-box hire, but... Uh, Surely it'll work in Washington, right? Maybe just like you look at spreadsheets, you can determine value. Is, maybe you can moneyball it. Like Maybe if you can uh, hire some guys in basketball, you can hire some guys in football. I don't know. I think that's the Magic Johnson effect, uh, him being a co-owner. I, I don't know what it is. I, I think it might just be... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, I guess, I guess I didn't uh, make the Magic Johnson connection there. But, yeah, maybe he's like, hey, all we have to do is hire this guy and he will draft us the next Steph Curry. <laughs> that, that's the key to success in Golden State, have Steph Curry. So maybe they will find the football version of Steph Curry. But Myers is one of the first guys to admit that he passed. they passed on Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean – I understood at the time you want to, you know, you don't really need another guard. You go with the big man because they also passed on on, on Lonzo Ball too, right? Like didn't that's they, right. Yeah, or, like, or Lamelo. Lamelo, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, Lamelo. Yeah. They, they could have. That's true. Got an extra uh, ball handler and shooter, but instead, it's like, hey, let's get a big man. So they found a guy who couldn't play. Shout out to Memphis. Do we have Russell on the air? We do not have Russell on the air. Okay, all good. I, I, the only other thing I'll say to that, and we'll get off NBA, is w- I, when Golden State did take Wiseman, I actually thought that was – I was like, oh, boy, they're they're going to be trouble now because I actually thought Wiseman was going to adapt pretty easily to the NBA, but hasn't been the case. Yeah, you think you have a big man who's athletic and can run that the at the very least, especially playing on a good offense, he can go out and get you, you know, 14 points on dunks and, and seven or eight rebounds just from missing uh, – Grabbing a couple misses from the, the Splash Brothers, but yeah, he was just a complete lemon. Couldn't play at all. It sucks as a franchise, and you know, the NFL draft order is set, and some teams like Chicago are going to have to make a decision, but like, it's a very, very bad feeling when you're picking at the top of the draft and you completely whiff. That's supposed to like get you out of jail, that's supposed to, you know, set you up for future success, and and drafting someone at the top who just can't play has to be one of the most demoralizing things in all of sports. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all right, absolutely. let's grab Russell. Speaking of demoralizing, Russell Smith, it was good to party with you on Saturday for Houston Cress's wedding, your new co-host on The Drive. Top of the morning to you, Russell. Top of the morning to you, boys. Good to hear you guys. Uh, sounds good. I've been listening since the first segment. I was in the drop-off line listening to you guys kick off this show congratulations it sounds fantastic you sound chipper you sound good thank you for the compliments that's the easiest way to win me over well uh yeah i mean it's it's a process and uh, you guys are establishing chemistry you know you're you're working through the early season growing pains and everything so it's good it's a journey right i, I can't wait to see how the john reed bob baskerville Sam Beard journey plays out here over the coming days, weeks, months, years, decades, eons. I'm sure it'll last forever. It's fantastic. Wow, we can't. And, and by the way, thanks for having me on as, to kind of set up, 
Rick Barnes batting leadoff here. I hope I can get on base. Yeah, it's just another day for us. You know, got Barnes in. No big deal. Um, now, thank you, man. And uh, you've just set lofty goals for us too. So uh, I don't. I don't think I'm willing to commit to eons. By yeah, the way, yeah. That's uh, that's a lot. My contract expires before eons. I don't think um, I'm willing to commit to that just yet. Real quick, because we haven't touched on it at all, and I don't want to, you know, if you, you guys will have enough to cover in the drive on it, but just give me top line between you two on uh, Houston's wedding. You know, just uh, the event, the food, the, anybody, anybody do something that's, like, memorable, like maybe not in a good way, all those types <laughs> of things. I'll let no Russell bad. take that. Him and Bear yeah. were uh, the self-proclaimed sharpest-dressed people at the wedding, so I'll let him take it. Yeah, I mean, well, you got to set the tone. Old guys got to set the tone. You know, show these young guys how to how to dress, how to look, how to act. But uh, no, it, it was great, man. Uh, the Orange Wedding was a rousing success. Um, great hors d'oeuvres, heavy hors d'oeuvres. I thought were were good. Yeah. The bar was efficient. You know, after that first rush, they kind of settled into their groove and. Wasn't long wait times there. Um, nobody made any just horrible life choices, as far as I know. Everybody got home safely in one piece. So I would say that it's a successful wedding. The uh, uh, we call it the official of the wedding. I don't want to go yeah. call him a pastor. I don't. I don't think he is. But he dropped the rings. Oh. Yeah, there were some issues. Yeah, there were some issues. Uh, apparently, uh, and he forgot the vows. Documents were were forgotten. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it still counts. And you know, it, it's like a a tight, hard fought win. Something it just goes down as a W in the record books. Years from now, nobody will remember. Oh, you know, the the Titans. Ryan Tannehill threw that pick at the beginning of the fourth quarter. They'll just remember that. They beat the Jaguars and sent them home. Okay, we're, we're not going to compare Houston and Julia's wedding, both of whom I love. We're not going to compare them to the five-win Titans getting a six-win. No, no, it's much more important than that. It's much more impactful than that. It, it's about the future of the two lovebirds. They're going to be happy. If, if you're going to compare it to anything, compare it to, like, Nico beating Iowa and, and looking so good. Did he only have 150 passing yards? Sure. But he showed so much potential, and things were happy. It's not Ryan Tannehill who, on his last legs, beat Jacksonville to knock them out of the playoffs. No, no, it's it's a greater love than that, Russell. Hey, uh, the Ryan Tannehill Titans fan love story will echo through the ages. I, for one, sad to see him go. Well, not really, but, hey, man, it is what it is. What, what was your take on that, Reed? Were, were you happy to – see the Jags tuck their tails between their legs and leave early, or were you mad about, I guess it ended up costing us a few draft positions? I think ultimately it only cost us one spot, one, right? Yeah, between 6th and 7th. Now, I will say that like the Giants probably going to take a tackle, so that does kind of suck that you're behind them. But no, ruining Jacksonville's season, getting a little payback from last year. I went down there for the Week 18 game. When there was a division on the line between Tennessee and Jacksonville last year. And I encountered a lot of jerks. A lot of jerks in Jacksonville. So I'm actually happy that they were sad yesterday. So it, it would have been worth five draft spots for me. And it was kind of nice to send King Henry out as a winner and let him have 150 yards and a touchdown. 
Jacksonville had it coming, by the way. I mean, that's two years before this season. Two seasons in a row, they ended somebody's playoff hopes. Yep. Titans last year, Colts two years ago down in Duval. Yep. Um, so, yeah, even speaking not as a Titans fan, it was good to see them go down, though. Well, let's just hope we can keep that same energy if we end up drafting another edge rusher or a wide receiver and we end up watching – Slick Willie Levis with his leg mangled underneath a pile of inept offensive linemen in week seven next year. Thanks for the uh, the positive picture there on the way out, Russell. <laughs> what I'm here for, boys. Tune in, 3 o'clock, to hear more about the Orange Wedding, as Russell is calling it, to uh, hear Bear talk about the food. Bear was really putting down the meatballs, but so was I. <laughs> so was I. They put me and Bear next to each other, the two bald brothers, and we were just pounding some food and... Enjoying the wedding. Russell Smith, appreciate you, my friend. 3 o'clock, as always, the drive. Class will be in session. Thank you, man. Thanks, guys. Congrats on the show. Looking forward to hearing Richard Dale Barnes here in just a few moments. About 20 minutes before we get a hold of Rick Barnes. Appreciate you, Russell. See you, guys. Yeah, the wedding was uh, the wedding was a good time. Figure Foods were a big success. got to say, uh, it's the only wedding I've ever been to, and I'm not complaining, I did feel a little bit judged, but I'm walking in and I see an attendee carrying a glass of wine to her seat. And then I look around and a couple people got beers. I'm like, okay, like I guess you could drink during the ceremony. It's the first time I've ever been at a place like that. And that it was sounds nice. pretty good. Yeah, I took advantage yeah. of it. I immediately went to the bar. And I was like, ah, do I have time? Give me a double. And I sat there and try not to, you know, make the glass make too much noise as I'm taking sips. But what's the what's the official drop the rings? Like, okay, I, I'm okay. I, I'm not going to be the, the thing people remember from this. It was a beautiful wedding, though. Shout out to Julia and her family. It was a fun party, and congrats to both of them. And, yes, thank you for uh, allowing us to drink during the ceremony. I thought that was a nice touch. And that's again, the first I've heard of that. That sounds like same. a good time to me, yeah. honestly. Same. Yeah, that's, uh, that's that's good stuff. I've never heard of that. I was like, okay, not bad. And then almost made me laugh when he was like, wait, where are the vowels? And I thought he was joking. I thought it was a bit. It was not a bit. He's like, okay, just repeat after me. It kind of makes the, the walk to the open bar like after the ceremony a little bit less awkward because most people are like, hey, should I be the first person to go up and get a drink? You, know? like, you can just me. settle in at the start of the great ceremony. For me, I still had half my drink, so that was, <laughs> I didn't have to run straight to the line. I got to kind of just wait around and, uh, and mingle. <sighs> Works for me. Yeah. You know what? It's been a good show so far. We haven't even talked about just kind of a big football game tonight, right? Yeah, there's still so much from the weekend that we haven't talked about. There's still so much tonight looking forward to that we haven't talked about, a national championship. And very rarely do I get to the end of the college football season with any intrigue left. It's typically Georgia or Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State. And you're like, okay. One of these evil programs is going to win a national championship. And at some point, you're like, oh, well, I hope it's Clemson because I don't want Alabama to win another one. And then you're like, actually, we made a mistake. Alabama beating Clemson maybe would have been better for our program. We should have not been rooting for Clemson to become a power because they're very close to us geographically. And, oh, my God, they're taking our players and they wear orange, too. And and then it was like, okay, do I really want to root for Ohio State? Please, anybody but Georgia. So it's been a whole thing. But in this game tonight – I do think you actually have a good guy. You you do have good. Now, there is a part of me that's like, man, am I going to be sad if Washington wins a national championship? 
or is it going to give us hope that like anybody can get there with the right, basically offense? And then you got Michigan, who's just been you know the bad guys of the last year and stealing signals and and cheating. And Jim Harbaugh is kind of likable, but again, cheating. That's how I feel about it. Good versus evil. What do you think, Bob? Yeah, I. I can't help but, you know, I'm, I'm from Big Ten country, but I can't root for Michigan. Um, some of what you just said is part of the problem. The other thing is I feel some sort of linkage to to Michael Penix Jr. because he's kind of, you know, he's the quarterback we had and then decided to let go. Thank you, Jeremy Pruitt. Um, and, I, and it's great to see him flourish, man. It, 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 and his story is great, too, just from the perspective of how often he's been hurt. He's been, you know, whenever he's been healthy, he's an absolute stud, and we're seeing that this year, too. And uh, I don't know. I just think that's a – I think Washington's a great story, and I see some similarities with Washington and, and our own team at Tennessee mm-hmm. from last season, right? Um, you know, they're undefeated. We weren't. But, you know, I, I do think that there's there's something I see in that offense and just the kind of their will. I was I was more of a doubter in Washington until they beat Oregon the second – the second time in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, now I I'm a believer, um, and I'm I'll be I'll be all for the for the dogs in this one. Yeah, Michigan is a program that hasn't really annoyed me too much over the years. They were kind of like, okay, I'd rather them win than Ohio State. Like I would kind of root for them in the game just because you you hate Ohio State more. But uh, it all went away when I saw the picture of Connor Stallions at the Rose Bowl with yeah. that smirk on his face. I'm like, okay, I do not want these guys to win. Yeah. I don't want these guys to win. And then the whole, you know, it's the Big Ten versus the SEC. It's it's you know ESPN versus Fox, and we're on the side of ESPN. So I know that Washington's going to the Big Ten, but at least they're not a Big Ten power or a holdover now, and you could still at least say, hey, it's the Pac-12 going out, which would be kind of funny. They're winning, finally winning a national championship as the – Conference is completely dissolved, but yeah, no, I am fully in on Washington tonight. The Michael Penix stuff doesn't bother me. The the Tennessee ties just because he should consider that a bullet dodged. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. he would not have become the player that he it's true turned into. He wouldn't have developed. He wouldn't have been in, in college as long as he has been, probably. And like, so like, I am happy for him. I do hope he plays well, and also I think he is by far by far going to be the best quarterback that this Michigan defense has had to play. Like, when you look at their actual guys they had to play, I mean, like, right now it's probably what? Like, Talia? Tagalavolia? Like, is he, yeah, is he the best, best that, passer they've played, that, that they've had to play? Because, I mean, Milrow, let's face it, isn't very good, despite the uh, the attention that he got at the end of the year by squeaking out against Auburn, and he's all of a sudden saying, give me the Heisman. You're like, what the, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Did you not realize you were just in a dogfight with Auburn? Why do you want the Heisman? But, like, I, I think it's an obvious statement, but they're about to go up against their biggest test offensively. Like, And Michael Penix was making NFL throws and NFL plays in the pocket against Texas. When I look at this game, though, I just wonder, like, can they block Michigan? Like, to me, that's the biggest thing. Like, yeah. Michigan's defensive line is going to uh, – be tough to block. Now they handle Texas, who has a good defensive line. Texas got two great, you know, defensive tackles. But like, I just when I watched that Alabama game, like Michigan kind of handled them. 
it's a it's a Washington team that they threw it 522 times this year and only got sacked 11 times. Penix is great in the pocket. Yeah, I think that his pocket mobility is underrated, and I, I think that he's shown a lot is in terms of just NFL reads and being comfortable in the pocket. And I, and I don't I think you're right. I don't think that Michigan is faced a, an offense this talented with a, a three-headed monster at wide receiver like they have this year in the Big Ten. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think that the physicality of that Washington team, too, kind of gets overlooked with kind of how impressive the finesse game, I think, of Michael Penix is. Yeah, and Penix is the, the other thing, too. There's no question he is so aligned with Kalen DeBoer. You know, he what, he played at Indiana a couple years ago. Indiana, that was post-COVID. They were a top-10 team, and, that, I mean, that's unheard of for that program. But the common denominator was – it was Penix and DeBoard. And and so now, you know, here they are again and playing on a much larger stage as they should be. Um, I, I, I'm excited for the game. I, you know, Michigan's defense looked absolutely elite against Alabama, but I'm, and I, and they are good, but I'm not sure they're that good. You know, we're going to find out tonight, I think. Do you think uh, Tom Allen, who got credit for being, you know, such a great coach oh, and yeah. Indiana's like, hey, we're gonna give him a new contract and everything, and now he's gone. But do you think he is sitting at home in Pennsylvania looking and saying, I'm rooting for these guys, or do you think he's like, Man, this could have been me? <laughs> or like, wow, these guys propped me up and I owe them everything. I, I don't know. Tom Allen seemed kinda like a jerk and he has had kind of a fall from being the coach of the year in two thousand twenty, but Yeah. He's backstory on him is he's a he's a generally good guy. He's okay. very super annoying, but um, but a good guy. He's probably he's probably happy for Penix. Yeah, uh, I would think. And DeBoer. You both. think Indiana fans are happy or like, man, yeah. we really made a mistake by keeping Allen and letting the, letting DeBoer go. Yeah, probably. But now they've got that James Madison coach Signetti who came in and said everybody sucks <laughs> yeah. over the microphone. That's not a great start, man. I I don't know. I'm sure he's trying to set a tone, but well. Uh, he came in and told his team they sucked? No, he told the fans that he, he took center court at a Indiana University basketball game, got introduced as a new coach, said, Purdue sucks. Okay, okay, that happens. I get that. But then said Ohio State sucks, Michigan sucks. He plays them both next year. It's like, yeah, probably yeah. not the best strategy, but no. we'll see how it works. Yeah, he's just, I think he's, and then in and then his press conference, he said, I just win, Google me. You know, that's kind of good coach I am. And, you know, it's like he's he's definitely trying to set a tone that he's uh, it's an upgrade for Indiana. But we'll see. Time will tell. I just win. Google me is a pretty good flex, though. That's a pretty good line. Yeah, I've used it. The problem is you're using it in Indiana. <laughs> yeah. The problem is using it in Indiana. You're, yeah. you're not ever going to have those horses. Exactly. Now, and now more than ever, you won't have them, right? I mean, it, yeah. and it, even if you do, it's a harder road to, to hoe. I mean, uh, you know, schools like Purdue and Iowa that made it to the Big Ten Championship the last couple seasons, enjoy that because it's not happening again. I mean, I don't, I don't see that type of thing happening at this point. Let's catch a quick timeout. We can talk some more national championship, a little Golden Globes after the break. Rick Barnes coming up at 930. It is the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. Rod. Sam, you got you rooting for Washington tonight? Yeah, I am. I'm big on Washington tonight. Um, 
four and a half point spread right now on FanDuel. I think I'm going to be laying the money line. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Yeah. Be more fun that way. Uh, I think it is more fun that way. But yeah, I'm big on Kalen DeBoer. I think that's a great story. I think that's kind of a, a really kind of under the radar story in college football this year, just because it's not, you know, one of the normal teams that's been playing in the in the championship. But I think this Washington team is is really talented and and they're ready for the big stage and they've played in some some big games so far this year. I don't think that. You know, it's a it's a Pac-12 team that's not battle tested or anything. I think they've, you know, played some tough opponents and you know, and, and obviously have been undefeated up to this point. So I think I think Washington's got a great shot tonight. Such a big opportunity for Phoenix because I do mm-hmm. think what he did to Texas opened up some eyes. I do think you now have him. I think the fourth best quarterback when it comes to the draft, which I think that was a pretty big rise for him because he kind of showed that he can do it against a NFL caliber defense or at least a defense with NFL caliber players on it I mean he didn't didn't go up against many of those in the Pac-12 I know Oregon was solid but like Texas doing it on that stage and doing it the way he did it in the pocket facing pressure was really 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 impressive and I do think he kind of solidified himself as maybe being the guy behind Jaden Daniels right and maybe playing his way into the first round to cap this off tonight with the national championship win would pretty much lock that in you think there's a chance he could jump Daniels with a big performance? I'm going to say no because of the age. I know Daniels a little bit older, too, but, I mean, Penix is a little bit older. Mm-hmm. But, you know, winning an national championship goes a long way, man. Like, there was a time I would have I would have said Joe Burrow was too old to go number one overall, right, before he had that season at LSU, you know, because he was an older guy. So, I mean, I, I won't say he can't jump Jaden Daniels because it just takes one team falling in love with you, but – it's a big opportunity to cap off one of the more interesting and college careers. I mean, to, for him to have his offer pulled and then go to Indiana and win and be a top 10 team. But it was also during COVID, so it was only like six games. And then kind of fell off, you know, kind of fell off the year after that and then went to Washington and was kind of an afterthought. But now is back to being, you know, one of the primetime players in college football. Do we think this is Harbaugh's last game at Michigan? Well, I didn't really have a chance to talk about it much with Shumpert, but, like, whenever he's talking about the recruiting and all that, like, the way the calendar is for college football now, like, if, if I was Harbaugh, I don't want to deal with the transfer portal. I don't want to deal with recruiting yeah. three different – like, recruiting my roster, then recruiting the first group of uh, transfer portal guys, then doing spring ball, and then recruiting those guys that hit in the hit in the spring, and then all, you're doing high school at the same time. If I'm Harbaugh and I can get an NFL check, I'm taking the NFL check. I think you're right. I would agree. Now, I don't know if I'm going to Carolina. He's been linked to Carolina. I don't, I don't know if him and Jake Tepper would be the best mix. I don't know if uh, you know Mark Davis will make a run at him before they give the job to Antonio Pierce or if the Chargers trust him with Herbert or what. But like, He feels like a Chargers guy to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say you're probably right about that. All right, let's catch our timeouts. We will make our official championship predictions at the end of the show, but let's catch our timeout. We'll come back with Rick Barnes, head coach of the Tennessee basketball team, coming off a big win, a top five Tennessee basketball team that's hopefully set to to have a very successful season. Stick with us. It is the morning show here on Fan Run Radio. Welcome back to the morning show, Fan Run Radio. You've got Bob Baskerville here with John Reed. 
Um, we are excited for this next segment. We have a great guest today. Needs very little introduction, but I'm going to give you a very brief intro. Lifelong basketball coach. Um, stops have run the gamut from Davidson to George Mason to Alabama and Ohio State as an assistant, then returning to George Mason as a head coach, and then other head coaching stints at Providence College, Clemson, Texas, most recently Tennessee, obviously. He was named SEC Coach of the Year in 2018, also a Naismith National Coach of the Year from 2019, and just recently named a nominee for induction into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. He's coached 31 NBA draft picks, 17 first-rounders, three of those 17 are from Tennessee. He's also a great human being, was recent re, recently a recipient of the Dick Vitale Spirit Award, and he also stays active in our community here in Knoxville by supporting the Emerald Youth Foundation. He's a friend and someone who I respect a great deal. So appreciative that he was willing to join John and I on our first show today. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Richard Dale Barnes. Hey, Coach. Hey, Bob. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Or good to hear your voice. I miss you, man. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, man, I know. Uh, it's been crazy with the holidays and everything, but uh, it's, it's really good to hear your voice, too. Uh, it's crazy that we're... We don't live too far away from each other, but things are hectic, and yeah. certainly for you. Um, hey, first off, congratulations on the win Saturday evening. Uh, I was at that game other than the shooting drought from three in the first half. Uh, that was as complete a win as I've seen for this team this season. Uh, I'd be interested to get your feelings on that. It felt like between rebounding margin, second-chance points, uh, pick and roll with Zakai and, and Jonas was was rolling um what were you most happy about in that game on saturday evening and then of course i know you too you also always are looking for things to improve on but what were you most happy about and what what else do you think was something that could be improved upon you know what believe it or not bob i was happy we kept shooting the ball because uh i do think you know i've had teams that uh in practice that you know, you just don't make shots. And when you don't make them in practice, you just don't think you're going to make them in games. And then you got teams that you see make them in practice and you know you're going to shoot it well. And, and I do think we have a good shooting team. But this year we've had times where we've missed shots. And, and, I'm, and we're talking quality shots. We're not talking, you know, force thrown up shots at the end of the clock. I'm talking about high-quality shots with guys that we know that can shoot. And they have to continue to take those shots, and we did that Saturday. There's been times this year where we've stopped taking those shots, and because of that, it's put us deep into the clock. It's put us in a situation where our spacing gets so out of whack that you can't make anything good work from it, and you end up taking not high-quality shots. And, and I think this is a team that can score points if we keep our spacing, if we continue to do what we think each guy can do. We also thought Saturday that our post guys did a great job in ball screen defense, escorting the screen out to the level of the ball and getting in the coverage we wanted to be in. That's something that we really haven't been the most consistent with this year. We, we, we do a, a good job of sharing the ball, and, uh, but defensively, our older guys, uh, and the one thing going back to the three-point shots, we're a team, and I told our, our guys, look, you guys have to take your shots, and if I and that's where you got to count on the coaching staff and trust the coaching staff. If we're not making shots, and, and and we all have a feel for it when we know what's going and when it's not. But yet, I always tell those guys, you can't make the next one if you don't shoot the next one. But yet, when we call a set, 
you've got to execute that set. That's where you've got to let us help you guys. Where we 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 go, we have a thing we call sacks, where we try to get seven a game, where we can get a team where they can't score three times in a row, and we try to get you know really really closer to you know three, four, or half, and it's, but we don't want to sack ourselves. But yet, when you're taking quality shots, you expect you know you're going to hit those at a high percentage. But if not, that's where every game we preach. If we play defense, if we rebound the ball, and we take care of the ball, and that means they're hitting, taking quality shots, we're going to find a way. We'll find a way to grind it out. And we, Lord knows we've been in a lot of grind-out games. But uh, really, Saturday, the fact that we kept shooting it was a, was a big step for us because we haven't done that all year. Yeah, I think um, you, you talked about it, too, about some of the post-play, and I, I wanted to just um... – pose a question about somebody who we've watched the evolution of Jonas Adu is has been something to see um and you know great example was what we just saw on Saturday night too uh tangible progress and and I mean he was frankly dominant in some points but and I know how you feel about Jonas from the standpoint of you, you feel he could be even better and we were talking about this earlier in the show today and I know John will have a question for you here in a moment too from the standpoint of playing against these elite bigs that Jonas got the chance to play against earlier in the season, whether it was Zach Eady, Hunter Dickinson, Armando Baycott, um, got another big one, frankly, coming on Wednesday in Tolu Smith. But how do you feel, based on your expectations, the development timeline tied to it, how do you feel about Jonas and his level of play as you enter the heart of this SEC competition? Well, we talked before the game the other day, and I actually – brought up all those guys you mentioned, and and I, we pulled up their numbers. And I said, Jonas, I think you're every bit as good as these guys, but it's got to be consistency. And, and I mean, we love Jonas. Jonas is a very unselfish player, but yet I tell guys, if you don't take shots, you, that's being selfish. If you don't fight to get your space on the floor so we can get you the ball, that's being selfish, even though you don't think it's a big deal. You know, um, but I think Jonas uh, is, can get so much better. I was so proud of him Saturday because of the fact I thought he played physical. I thought he was really trying to get his space. did a terrific job. I mean, 7-5, he's playing against a 7-5 guy. You know, he actually shot the ball twice. In the, in, uh 7-5 player from uh, Ole Miss got his fingertip on it. I mean, that's, it's hard to get a ball over a 7-5 guy. And, uh, but Jonas, I thought, really was locked in, focused. And in some ways, played his best game he's played since he's been at Tennessee because of just the focus part of it. And uh, I made the comment after the game to the media that I have a hard time uh, complimenting players because I've seen over my lifetime where when if you don't players at where they are, and I also see where I think they can be, and. So each guy's different. Some guys, you know, might need the positive reinforcement. But through time, when they have a good game, if, like my message to him would be today, Jonas, that's, I, that's what I expect. That's what I, but I, now we've got to get more. We've got to take the next step. And uh, as opposed to saying, hey, you know, I mean, I told him the other night, yeah, you, you played great, but that'll be the extent of that. Now what do we have to do to get better? Because he, he – to go where he wants to go, 
and all of our guys, they have to get better because it's from the eyes of a coach, you see where you know they can get, and you're trying to get them there. Joined by Rick Barnes here on the morning show. We're talking about Jonas and the offense, and to me, you know, you're talking about the confidence to keep shooting. That, that's been very important, but also what I see when I watch, it seems like the spacing on the court is just so much better this year, and it's helped open things up for the guards and Jonas. Has there been a philosophical change to play just one big man and prioritize spacing, or is that just kind of how this roster has worked out with you know maybe having the perfect small ball four with Josiah Jordan-James? Well, a lot of it has to do with Josiah, but yet, yeah, you know, we're we're gonna when Joe's when Joe's not in the game, we're gonna play the two big guys together, and and I think I think we'll do that. I mean, Josiah has been as consistent as any player we've had this year. Played a lot of minutes, and you worry about that obviously as as time goes on. And but but again, older guys uh, like in practice today, if I wanted to go at them and say we're gonna practice for two two hours a day, which we won't, but if I wanted to do that. They could take it and roll with it, but they don't need it. They don't need that. They just need to get right to the meat and potatoes of it, and let's get done. What, what's our game plan for Wednesday night? What do we need to do? Let's, let's go back, throw out the game Saturday. Where do we have to get better and get on with it? Now, these young guys, they need probably four hours of practice today, but they can't take it. They're physically, mentally, they, they can't do it, and so there's, that's, the, that's what you're trying to weave and Work together with when you got an old. We got our older guys who've been in a lot of big battles, and you got the younger guys who we know is our future, and guys that we have confidence in, and guys that we know we got to get them better, and hopefully at some point in time between here and the end of the year. But to answer your question about is it philosophical? We've we've always wanted to score quick. We we believe that you know we don't want to always play against a set defense. We can't. But with Josiah, you know he his he his ability to his versatility, not just offensively, but defensively. Uh, like at the play at the end of the first half, we had a play on. They go to a little uh, somewhat of a tempo-type press where we were trying to get it in quick and go, but they, they subbed us, you know, to keep us from doing that. But then Joe looked at me, and I just said uh, the play was called for him to get the ball and pass it to Zakab. But I said to Joe, and he was lucky he's right in front of our bench, I said, you make the play. And so he didn't even hesitate. Once he got it, you know, he took the ball down the court and found uh, Jemiah Meshack. And that's something that we haven't been able to do in the past with our four, so-called four-man. But uh, with him out there, you can do things like that. Plus, he knows the offense so well. Like, he can make interchangeable things with he and Santi. And he and, uh, like, uh, at the end of the game, I don't know if you remember, we go to what we call our basic motion where all five guys are moving and cutting. And I saw Santi say to Joe, Hey, next time you got to slip, and just like that, they, they picked it up. And uh, that's what the older guys can do. And uh, the younger guys, not so much yet, but uh, over time, hopefully they'll, they'll get it. But, uh, but again, like I said, we will play with a big lineup. If we, and Vito uh, Bay to play a little, a little bit more than he played the other night. And uh, they went big at one point in time in the game, and, we didn't match that because we felt like we had the advantage with Josiah on the perimeter with what he does. That's why we do. Uh, we didn't go match him the other night when they went big. Hey, Coach, a couple players I wanted to ask about. Um, 
we'll go from big to small, so to speak, and, and talk about Zakai for a second. And then I also want to have a question about Dalton Connect, too. But with Zakai, um, I think what we're seeing, as at least as fans, is what appears to be the Zakai we all got to see on the floor before that knee injury last season. Um, logging a lot of minutes, uh, but obviously his impact uh, and his elevated play um, – the general energy for the team, it just feels different, and I mean that in the best way. Um, I'm curious how you feel that that changes the complexion of the team, how you feel about his minutes. And then also just um, I'll give you part two of that question. Dalton Connect, um, you know, he over the last five games we're seeing, you know, less shot attempts, less minutes. Um, is that – any remnant of the injury? Is that adapting to, you know, helping him to adapt to new defenses? Um, or is it just careful load management with him as you head into a really tough conference play? Well, going with Zakai first, uh, I mean, if it were up to Zakai, he would never come out of the game. And uh, we wanted to play the minutes he's playing right now. Not not so much, that, that many, uh, but Every game is going to take on its own personality, and uh, we go in the game thinking that we have somewhat of a substitution pattern we'd like to get to, but oftentimes we don't based on where the game is, how it's being played, and foul trouble, just different things that can come up where we have to make those in-game adjustments. And But uh, do we want him to play 36 minutes every night? We don't. Uh, that that we don't. And uh, But like I said, it erupted. The NBA is out there the entire time. And I do think he's getting back. Uh, he, I mean, the other night, you know, 10 assists, one turnover, and right. he just uh, – but it's what he does, his DNA on the defensive end, at, uh, along with he and Santi and Josiah and Jemai Meshack, those guys on the perimeter, just they just are really well connected with each other. But uh, Dalton, uh, th- this, is, this is a whole new experience for Dalton. He, uh, you know, you think about how he got off to just an incredible start. And everybody, everybody now, he's a big focus on their game plan. He came out of a program where they were a zone team. He's learning how to play man defense for the first time in his life. And uh, he's getting better. I thought Saturday he gave us a a really great effort trying to do the things that you you have to, Bob, you got to realize, John, that these these guys, Jemai Meshack and Jonas, those guys have played a lot of minutes together defensively. And they know how to help each other. They know how to just kick out screens, things that just happen so spontaneously that, you know, if you don't see it around it every day, people just wouldn't understand it. But those guys are in it. There's times where you've got to have a defensive presence out there. But like I said, I, Dalton, uh, he, he's going to continue to get better. We need him to be aggressive when he gets the ball offensively. We need the same thing out of Justin, uh, I'm sorry, out of Jordan Ganey. We need the same thing with those guys. You know, we're looking for their offense, and, and we need them to bring it for us. And uh, But defensively, they're, they're both getting better every day with, with our schemes and what we're trying to do. This is a super talented team. They are experienced. They have some guys coming off the bench who could start for SEC programs. I know the cliche is that, you know, you're focused on one game at a time, but have there been any moments this year where you've been on the bench or at practice and thought that this team has a chance to do something really, really special at Tennessee? 
Well, I think we thought that at the, before we played our first game. We think about that. You know, when you start the season, you're not sure with everything. I mean, obviously, you don't you don't know. You, you know, we start the season not positive where's the car, when he would come back, or w- what he could do. Then you have situations, you know, where Santi had to leave uh, with his, the death of his grandmother, uh, and and you know, different things come up. But uh, there, there's no. I've said it every year that I've I've been in a uh, coaching that. Our goal is to get to, the, to to win a championship. We want to win our conference championship. We want to uh, get get to the NCAA tournament. We don't take that for granted. And to get there, you know, uh, if you're there, we it's proven today. If you can get there, people can catch you know that lightning in a bottle, and uh, you have a chance to play for the for the big trophy. And uh, so, with that said, our goal every year is to get there and have a chance to play on on Monday. That, that, that's our goal in this team. We, do we want that? There's no question, but we tell our team what we want. There's a bunch of teams that want it. And as we go through this conference this year, uh, our, like I really do think that our non-league schedule helped prepare us. Do we think that we gave a couple games away? Uh, we do. And uh, were we disappointed? We were disappointed. We, we truly felt that we should have won the tournament over in, in Hawaii and you know, we got beat and uh, then turned around the next day and played against Kansas, and they did a better job. They were uh, – I thought they did a better job with a quick turnaround than we did. And But uh, this group of guys, they, 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 do they want it all? They want it all. Coach, we've, we really appreciate all this time today, and we've talked a lot of basketball, but one thing I wanted to share with the audience that you and I know – um, and we've discussed it, is uh, you're a huge NASCAR fan. Um, yeah. Just very quickly, I don't want to put you on the spot, but you know, if you had a favorite driver, what's your favorite race to watch? Besides Daytona, we know Daytona's the, the, the granddaddy, but, um, I mean, you, you grew up loving this stuff. You came from that neck of the woods. Um, I'd love the audience to get to know a little bit about you besides the basketball. Well, you know, Bob, I, I would probably tell you that I'm partial to the – the tracks as a kid growing up like you know charlotte darlington and you know i grew up going to hickory speedway quite a bit but uh i like the fact they're going back to some of those old tracks and uh you know what uh, you know my two brothers they i mean i, I, I promise you if, if we were playing for the national championship and there's a nascar race they're going to go to the nascar race instead of coming to watch their little brother play for a championship you know because we we grew up with with, with uh nascar and but uh I really, you know, back in the day, I, you know, my very first favorite driver ever, you probably remember, was Fireball Roberts, and I was at, I was actually at the, the race uh, that day in Charlotte, sixty-three, four, somewhere in there, where he had that tragic crash and passed away a couple weeks later. But Ned Jarrett was the one that pulled him out of the car, and you know, I got to know Ned, but also got to know Dale and uh, and Glenn. Glenn and I played softball together after I got out of college, and uh, been a big fan of that Jarrett family but uh then obviously I've loved um Dale Earnhardt and uh Earnhardt through there but today uh I guess if you ask me pin me down on one guy you know I, I, I like Bubba Wallace because Bubba you know loves Tennessee and uh the other guy I really like a lot is Martin Truax and I don't know why because I don't know anything about him I just think when he drove that 78 car they did a great job with how they were able to you know win some of the races they won but uh, can you believe it's just right around the corner they're going to be starting again? I know, man. It's, yeah, less than, well, 
just about a month till uh, till the big race. Yeah. Hey, very last thing, and you've been really uh, generous with your time, so thank you again. Uh, last question. This is really not that important, but I got to ask. Off the heels of COVID, we saw the game day night slash night dress code for coaches change uh, to that casual athleisure look, not the suits. Um, and I know you guys have done it. We still see most coaches going that way. Do you ever see yourself reverting back to that old school look with suits? Or are you guys, I'd be speaking candidly, I'd feel far more comfortable going the way you guys go now. Well, the best part about the way we go now is when we travel. I mean, it's so much easier to travel and, and with everything. And it's really uh, funny. I'll tell you a funny story. When I got to know Coach Knight at, when he uh, came to Texas Tech, and we were around every game. He would come out and mess with my tie. And he said, before I'm coaching, I'm going to get you out of that coat and tie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he and Bob Huggins were the first two guys uh, that kind of got went away from that look, you know. Uh, but uh, I prefer what we're doing now, you know. I do. A lot of people tell me they like to see coaches in, uh, back in suits. But, you know what, I, we, that, the only time you wore a suit as a coach uh, in terms of the game was during the game. And – you know, you go back to the way back in the days of football, you you know, you think about Woody Hayes and those guys, Vince Lombardi, they wore coat ties back then, and I think Hank Schramm and uh, Paul Brown, all those guys. But uh, I don't know. I don't uh, – if you ask me – first of all, if I told our coaches we're going back to suits, my assistant's coach would do anything they could to talk me out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen um... – Thank you so much. Can't thank you enough for the time today. Uh, it's good hearing your voice. Um, and wish you luck this week. We didn't even talk about that, but you guys got a tough week ahead. We know that. And it's not lost on me that you guys are going to be on the road for a couple of games. So thank you for spending time with John and I. Um, means a lot. Well, I appreciate you guys and good luck with the new show. I appreciate it. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, thank you. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Rick Barnes, Tennessee basketball coach. I was hoping we'd get like a breakfast invite. The three of us could go and <laughs> enjoy some biscuits and gravy or something together. But uh, he's a little busy right now. A little bit, a little bit. That was, uh, yeah. And thanks for indulging me on the NASCAR thing. I know that means a lot to him. And like I said, it's good for people to hear a little more about stuff he likes besides the basketball. I do like the idea of uh, his favorite driver being Martin Truex. He's like, I don't really know why. Yeah, <laughs> I just like him. Yeah, it's a cool name. It's a good name. True X, yeah. It's, sounds like a driver. No doubt. Sounds like a driver. <sighs> well, we got we to gotta pick winners, man. National championship game. Yeah. Yeah, we don't really have time for a timeout. We let Barnes talk, and he was very gracious with this time. We appreciate him and Tennessee for allowing that to happen. Also, a little subtle flex from you, you know, talking about being neighbors, uh, Point taken. Got it. We've up, we've upgraded we've upgraded the uh, the second chair here uh, as far as my shows go from a guy living out of his car to a guy that's uh, rubbing shoulders with uh, Rick Barnes. It was noted by the audience. Just wanted to point it out. Uh, it's nothing, man. But thank you. All in all, pretty good show so far. Day one, we had a lot to talk about though. So the uh, the 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 goal tomorrow, Sam, is to keep it moving, keep it going. Wake up early, make it through. I'm a little fatigued today. I'm a little fatigued, but keep this um, train running. And, and there will be. We we said it earlier, and we mean it. There will be callers. We just knew there was going to be a lot today. Yeah. So we'll, you get, we'll, sorry, we had to bump a couple of the uh, the the fan run callers for Rick Barnes. So uh, maybe we'll replace Rick with uh, 
the usual suspects here on the station coming up in the next couple of days. But yeah, they uh, they got big boyed by Barnes. <laughs> got big boyed by Barnes. Sam, you've already kind of said where you're going. You think Washington on the money line is your play? Yeah, that's going to be my play. I'm sticking to it. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I said it before, but I do really like this Washington offense. Uh, you know, and I love what Kalen DeBoer and them are doing. I think Penix is going to test this Michigan defense in ways that they haven't been tested so far this year. And, you know, I, I think that this this Washington offense is lethal enough to be able to to put a hurting on, on Michigan if they're not ready to come out of the gates. Uh, and I think their defense, too, is, is kind of underrated in terms of their physicality. Uh, it, it'll be a big stage here for J.J. McCarthy. I think he's going to definitely have to, to be able to prove that he can pass the ball uh, to win this game. But I, I like Washington in this one. Bob, I am. Uh, I think, boy, Sam broke it down great. I just, I want Washington to win. I, I think, you know, I'm rooting for Penix, like we said earlier. I'm rooting for Kalen DeBoer. I think they're uh, an electric team to watch. Um, this will be their toughest test, I would think. Um, so we're going to learn a lot tonight. But uh, you know, go Huskies! Very, very much behind Washington. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy that we're getting a new champion, but I do enjoy the Michigan hasn't. Michigan only has, what, a, a share of a title since like the 60s or something like that, whatever the stat is. So I, I do enjoy that stat, that streak, so I would hate for that to come to an end tonight. Hope Washington can win, but either way, at least it's not Alabama or Georgia, so <laughs> I guess we could celebrate that. Or, or Dabo. <laughs> Although, I, I do need, uh, on the way out, can we get somebody uh, tomorrow maybe to fill us in on who gave Dabo a black eye? Because I, I saw oh, yeah. the Clemson game on Saturday. Looks like somebody beat his ass is what yeah. it looks like. I saw that, too. I was wondering the same, man. We got we, we to gotta dig in on that one. Until someone comes out with the official story, I am just now in my mind making him uh, the 2024 Bobby Petrino. That, that's my story now for Dabo. <laughs> but uh, I'm happy to get a new champion, even if it's Jim Harbaugh. But maybe it's his last game and college football can lose one of its characters or whatever. Sam, good job by you today. Appreciate Bob, it. Bob, good job by you. Thank you. Good job Back booking the you. show. We'll see what type of uh, guest you line up for tomorrow. Uh, we'll see how you follow it up. But, Got someone uh, from Chick-fil-A tomorrow. It's going to be different, but uh, we'll we'll do our best. I got a couple bones to pick with them, actually. So I hope you can get <laughs> yeah. me somebody from Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Yeah, talk to them about how they handle the whole drive-through thing. That'll do it for us. Stay locked in. Jake Miller, Brett, Marcus coming up next from 10 to 12. Stay locked in on Fan Run Radio.